0: Today is Monday, November 27th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Details are beginning to emerge on those released hostages. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe and leave a rating. Email us, Podcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me now to get through the news of the Craig Billy Hallowell on this Monday morning dark and early now billy what's going on
1: how was your thanksgiving weekend yes. it was good it was good i'm I'm still like recovering yeah. from it but it was great i'm it still full fun.
0: i always i don't know how i'm like i'm not gonna eat too much this time and then i'm full for like two i don't have to eat for like three days <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, the scale is not friendly on no, these days the absolutely scale is not, not. absolutely not well i hope you all had a great thanksgiving weekend as well with your family and your loved ones we're going to get moving on the news of the day here. There's a lot, including, as I mentioned, what happened in Israel and the hostages are beginning to be released and it's, it's sparking all new conversation as well. And we have a reaction, Billy, today on the Focus story from
1: Connor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. He's essentially lambasting the Irish prime minister over the way that he framed the release of one of the uh, children. Mm. And so we'll get into we'll get into what upset uh, the pro boxer in a little bit here.
0: Yeah, the Israeli president responded to that leader's response as well. On the main thing, we are going to catch up with CBN's Chris Mitchell and Chuck Holton. They've got the latest from Israel there talking about these hostages who are beginning to be released all that and more coming up but first we're gonna get through the news here in 90 seconds and israel did agree to a four-day truce last week that led to the release of hostages in exchange for over a hundred palestinian prisoners and this truce is supposed to end tomorrow but israel has reportedly agreed to extend this pause for one day per every 10 hostages released there's still nearly 180 hostages remaining in captivity in gaza by hamas many of them they're believed to be held underground as some of the ones released their relatives said that they were having to adjust to sunlight because they were kept underground It's been nearly two months that they've been held. And in the three days since they had this truce declared, 58 hostages have been released. And now we're starting to hear details about their two months being held by Hamas. Information on the conditions is still pretty controlled, but some family members are beginning to speak out. Most of the ones released have been obviously shaken, but appear to be in relatively stable condition with the exception of a few. One ha- is an elderly woman who had to be taken in critical condition to the hospital. And Derek Chauvin, 47 years old, he's serving 22 years for the death of George Floyd. He was attacked in prison and had to have life-saving measures done on him uh, after getting stabbed. And His mother claimed she found out the news from media that the prison never called her despite her being the emergency contact for him. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. and Billy there's, there's a lot coming out now on these hostages who are being released and it's almost sickening still to me that there's this conversation even happening on, well, I wonder how they're being treated now. I know we need to know this, but it's, it's so disgusting that this isn't even happening. I mean, elderly people, 85 year olds being released, babies being released. I mean, these monsters were holding these people and are still holding people underground after having launched a horrific rampage on innocent civilians in Israel. And then we have to discuss the the trade and these prisoners coming back, these are not the same things. And, um, the fact that we even have to have these conversations is horrible. But on the other hand, it's, you know, seeing these reunions, it's good to see that at least those some who feared the worst are at least getting to see their loved ones back.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a heartbreaking scenario and it makes you wonder what comes next, right? I mean, yeah. you have this, you have this truce that, was really just a four-day truce. I heard that obviously there are, there are a lot of hopes that this could be extended and that extension could mean more people being released. But, I mean, look, all the rhetoric, rhetoric around all of this from the beginning has been bizarre, mm-hmm. and Israel has had to defend itself in ways that nobody else in the world ever has to in any sort of similar circumstance. And so my prayer is that we see an elongated situation here where more people can be uh, released.
0: Yeah. And look, Israel's in basically an impossible spot right now, right? They want to get these hostages back, and, but, but they're going to have to make concessions to do that. And in no just world should they have to make any concessions at all to get these people back. The Israel shouldn't have to do anything. They, they, don't, they didn't do anything wrong, despite what we see from some of these protests, to justify what Hamas did. So they shouldn't have to do anything to get these hostages back. They should just be released but they're, they're having to do it. They're having to make these concessions, release these prisoners, many of them terrorists. And, uh, you know, coming up on the main thing, Chuck, Chuck Holton and, and Chris Mitchell are going to talk about some of those people who are being released by Israel and what they did to get into prison. And so it's very disturbing that they have to do this, but it's an impossible spot. I mean, they've got to get these hostages back.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, the world world is watching. This is obviously a powder keg-type situation where you have almost every country involved in some way or on edge in some way, and so every step is so difficult, right? It's not in a normal situation. You go out, you fight, you do what you have to do, but there are so many other... It's like a game of chess going on in addition to all the other trauma, right? So it's uh, for for Israel, this is not an easy situation.
0: No, it's certainly not. Emotions are still high, and... As we're going to find out here in the focus story, pro boxer and mixed martial artist Conor McGregor is it's no exception to that emotion as he responded to the Irish prime minister's reaction to some of these hostages being released. And it's uh, what's the story here?
1: Yeah. All right. So this all started with Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar. He posted a message on X um, after the release of nine-year-old Emily Hand. Um, She was one of the hostages that was obviously released in the deal that we're discussing here. Um, and, you know, what, what's so interesting about this reaction is that the prime minister wrote, this is a day of enormous joy and relief for Emily Han and her family. An innocent child who was lost has now been found and returned. And we breathe a massive sigh of relief. Our prayers have been answered Mm. now that message upset mcgregor and mcgregor then took to x and he shared the message and he said she was abducted by an evil terrorist organization what is it with you and your government and your paid for media affiliates constantly downplaying and attempting to repress horrific acts that happen to children you are a disgrace now now it's this use of the language lost yeah. and then found, right? That is what is upsetting people. And in particular, um, McGregor here. And so that was the, the basis. I mean, obviously he's upset. He called, he called the prime minister a disgrace. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And even hearing you read the quote from the prime minister and it's, it's, it, you cringe hearing it because they weren't just lost. I mean, it gives you, if you didn't know the story, it would give you the impression like, Oh wow. They just, they found a the little child who was lost in the woods and wandered away from home. I mean it, it is the feel that you get, but what what has been the reaction from from others?
1: Yeah, so obviously Israel is is not happy about this. Um, Eli Cohn, who's Israel's foreign minister, he posted on X. I mean, everyone is everyone is posting on X. That's where this yeah. is all happening, <laughs> formerly <laughs> yeah. known as Twitter. Uh, he posted uh, a, a message directly to the prime minister. He said, it seems you have lost your moral compass and need a reality check. Uh, Emily Hand was not lost. She was kidnapped by a terror organization, worse than ISIS, that murdered her stepmother. Um, and he went on to basically accused the prime minister of, quote, trying to legitimize and normalize terror. Shame on you. Others have also reacted. It's interesting. X posted a content box under the original post from the prime minister and explained that, This use of language, users are finding this not appropriate. Emily Hand was kidnapped by Hamas terrorists on October 7th. The use of the term loss is inappropriate and fails to highlight that she was released as part of a hostage deal. So that's the actual X note that is popping up under the prime minister's original post now.
0: Yeah, and it is mind-boggling to think that whether... Look, this is a a, uh, prime minister here. There should be no excuse for a sloppy statement on one of the the biggest story on the planet right now and to have a sloppy statement like that it's like you know you try to give people the benefit of the doubt but you can't help but think man they have all these handlers they they plan every word why in the world would you phrase it that way
1: well, it's interesting because, as far as I have seen, he has defended the statement and said oh, no. that most people will know most the mo- the majority of people will know what I was saying. Um, so, yes, he he is apparently uh, defending it. The government is defending it as well. Man, why do you think this story,
0: this one, kind of stuck out to you as one we needed to to hit up?
1: I mean, we t- we talk about this a lot, right? The fact that language matters yeah. and you know when when you downplay something or change it we talk about this a lot with with abortion there's so many issues if somebody is taken by terrorists a child and held for almost 2 months and who knows what this poor child went through and you're using language oh she was lost and now she's found and it's like you're borrowing from this biblical language almost and it, but it feels like it's downplaying Obviously, what what happened here, and using this flowery language in a situation like this, instead of just specifically and explicitly saying what happened, that does matter, and we need to be on guard with language. I think the right reaction from um, Varadkar, the prime minister, should have been, you know what, I didn't mean to use any language, or to he probably. I mean, the assumption is he maybe he didn't mean that, but then defending it makes it even right. worse. It's like just say, hey, I should have been clearer. Right. There was a full statement he put out as well, by the way, um, that had a lot more text in it. I should have been clearer in my in my ex proclamation. That would have been the right reaction.
0: Yeah, it, it really would have because language does matter. And people are usually pushing some kind of agenda. And so they want to know what kind of agenda you're pushing. And when you can't come out and in the statement highlight in some way the monsters that have done this, it makes people question what in the world agenda are you pushing that you have to avoid mentioning this. And it's just like you said on the abortion issue, when you see people who are spinning it the other way, they come up with all kinds of phrases for the killing of an unborn child. You know, it's healthcare. It's, it's a woman's choice. You come up with all these phrasings intentionally to try to make make it not sound as bad. And you can't help but think that's a similar thing in this spot, even if like you said, now he's defending it, you're right. He should have absolutely just apologized and said, Look, I mean I, what they did is horrible. These are monsters. I just it's a it's a it's an X post and I messed it up. But that's not what he's doing, and that makes it that does make
1: it a hundred percent worse. No, it does, and, and I think you know. Again, we've talked about the situation Israel is is in here, and because of that situation and how diabolical and dire all of this is, we should be very clear. I think people need to be very clear that this is evil, yeah. and the lack of clarity. Just so we're all clear here, the lack of clarity is what has sparked these bizarre campus protests and yeah. these pro-Palestinian, you know, all of this weird behavior. It's because we have not been clear on what is good and what is evil.
0: Yeah. And you can really see that when you when you listen to some of those protesters be interviewed on the street, they really have no grasp on what has actually taken place here. And it's it's very frustrating uh, and sad at the same time. But I uh, appreciate you putting that one on the podcast today, Billy. All right. We're gonna head over to the main thing now and chris mitchell is the bureau chief for cbn and he is in israel and chuck holton cbn's war correspondent joined him to discuss this prisoner exchange and the ceasefire and the hostages being released by hamas and the details surrounding that and including who some of these people are that are being that israel is having to release to get these hostages back. That's today's main thing. I'm
2: gonna give you a quick update on what's going on with the hostage deal. I don't know if you call it a deal. Some people would and some people
3: would not think as much of a deal. No, no, That's in fact, sure. I, we were talking about uh, a number of Israelis that I've talked to mm-hmm. really uh, have very mixed feelings about it. Uh, mm-hmm. They love the fact that the hostages are getting home, 13 yesterday, more today. Sure. Uh, but but really feel like it puts Israel in such a precarious position, politically, geopolitically, uh, in so many uh, pressures that they're under right now. I read something last
2: night that really struck me, and you know it was talking about how exchanging hostages for time, uh, giving Hamas mm-hmm. time, for supplies, giving Hamas supplies, and for giving Hamas legitimacy, meaning allowing them to turn these hostages into currency and into weapons against the Israelis. By doing that, the only thing we're doing, we're, we're not actually receiving uh, I- any hostages net back. Like we, we got 12 hostages back yesterday, or, or was that, was 13. It 12, 13, and we're supposed to get another 14 or something today, right? Uh, but all we're doing is we're trading hostages whose names we know for future hostages whose names we don't yet know. Because by allowing Hamas to monetize these hostages, you're just guaranteeing that more people are going to take hostages. Right. And right. so you're getting back the ones whose names you know, but you're doing it in exchange for hostages in the future whose names we
3: don't yet yeah. know. And the other thing is that uh, many of these hostages, we know the names and we can see them. They're innocent. These people have been kidnapped right. by Hamas. Uh, but what we do know now is some of the names of the prisoners that have been released, and many of them had been accused. They are in prison because of That's right. stabbing. That's right. Yeah, I, got of a list, attempted murder. I got a list, actually. I got a list. Let's take a look at this here. Uh, where did it go? If so I'm, it's not like in a, it's equivalent deal of who's who. Right. Okay, so it's right here.
2: 14.4% uh, of the ha- Hamas or Palestinian prisoners who were released in exchange for the Hamas hostages that mm-hmm. they took. Uh 14.4% attempted a terrorist attack, 12.4% of them used Molotov cocktails, 8.1% were involved in a stabbing attack, and 11.1% had contact with terrorists, 10.1% were involved in a shooting. So these are not and and this is the thing that gets me. I was reading a uh Reuters now Reuters is supposed to be the gold standard when it comes to objective journalism, right? I was reading a Reuters uh, account of this exchange yesterday, and they kept referring to the Palestinian prisoners that were given back as women and children, women and children over and over, women and children that were being given back, and with the the implication being that. Israel is locking up Mm three-year-olds for, you know, crossing the street, uh, jaywalking or something like that, Uh, locking up six-year-olds for throwing a rock at a a police car or something like that. Well, then I went and looked up the videos of these guys after they were returned to East Jerusalem right over there last night, and there was a big celebration. Now, the IDF was trying real hard to keep that from getting into the press. I think that's what I was told anyway, mm-hmm. but it's, it leaked out anyway. And what we saw were these military age males. I'm talking 21 year old guys with beards that were, you know, getting off the mm-hmm. bus uh, in their sweat their jumpsuits from the Israeli prison. And they were bowing down and kissing the ground. And they with Hamas uh, headbands. That's right, with Hamas headbands yeah. on, which which says what? Well, well they gonna—they
3: were gonna go right back to what they uh, used to be That's doing. Right. That's
2: right. Yeah, they're—they're they're, uh, celebrating Hamas. They're celebrating they, what happened, mm-hmm. and they are calling this a victory for the Palestinians. Yeah. So this hostage uh, deal. The the Jews that we've talked to consider it a loss in, mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, it's something that they're obviously glad to get these people yeah. back, but they're saying, this is a really bad thing. And the Palestinians, on the other hand, are saying, this is a victory for us. Uh, so both ways, yeah. it's not cool.
3: You know, the impression I, that I had at the initial was that these prisoners were gonna go back to Gaza, mm-hmm. but they're actually coming back here to East Jerusalem. Yeah, right over there. <laughs> and, and they're not just, um, Going to be in some sort of can, re, re, restraint or containment. They're going out into public, right. and and they can. Uh, yeah, they they, and work.
2: now we saw also yesterday. I don't. know, You might know more about this. I just saw uh, it saw it in passing on the on Telegram that there were some uh, like three guys that the Palestinians thought had been corroborating with oh, or yeah, collaborating yeah, yeah. with uh, the yeah. Israelis. And they lynched them and murdered them and then hung their bodies from a wall over yeah. there. And uh, there was these horrific videos of civilians lining up to get their picture taken with the bodies that were hanging upside down, all bloated uh, from the wall, and then kicking them on the ground and blood everywhere. Uh, it was really horrific. Um, I've never seen anything like that out of
3: Israel. Have you? Uh, if well, I've seen it in Gaza. No, and I anybody... mean out of out yeah. of from. My, yeah, I think that was I've never in seen Israelis.
2: Beating their own people to death and lynching them. I, it's, maybe that's happened, but
3: I'm, well, these are these are probably people in the West
2: Bank. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Is, is that uh, what, I, what I'm making the distinction here? Is that we see this happen in Arab areas right. where they they'll kill even their own people, mm-hmm. and but but it's something we don't see in a civilized country like Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. they, this is. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not. Trying to make generalizations and say that all Arabs are uncivilized. I'm just saying that that culture is a very inherently violent culture, and uh, that
3: you you can see it. We just well, drove around. Yeah. Over there if today. anybody if anybody accused in those areas of being a collaborator with Israel, it can be like a death sentence for them. And right. I was listening to uh, the son of Hamas, who was speaking at the UN not too long ago, and he was just yeah. in a very stark way describing what he was like. Growing up in that culture, and he was just warning the U.N. and the West, listen, this is the kind of culture that it will come after the West, will right. come after the United States.
0: All right, Chris, Chuck, thank you so much for that update there. Really appreciate it. Make sure you stay tuned to CBN News and the jerusalem team there with their daily updates their daily war updates and what's going on their perspectives there, their interviews doing great stuff you can check out that on the cbn news channel and also on the cbn news youtube
1: channel as well
0: all right that's going to leave us with time for one last thing
1: Proverbs 35, every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And just a good reminder, everything that God tells us and says in scripture is perfect and yeah. flawless and will guide us.
0: Yeah, there's some meaning towards it. It's it's profitable. All God's uh, words are, it's God, all Scriptures God-breathed and profitable. And so, yeah, good to remember that. Absolutely. As we head forward this week, and we pray that you have a great one as well. Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. We'll see you then. Have a fantastic Monday.